Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Hello, I want my book. Bonjour, je vais mon livre. Welcome to Building Your Book Overview, episode 5 of Three Pagans and a Cat, and the first in our new series dedicated to the process and contents of a pagan or magical book. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. And you may call me Gwyn, Mary Meat, I'm Ode's mother. <laughs> so, uh, as you may have determined from that opening, and our um, our homage to Bette Midler in Hocus Pocus, we'll be, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking about books of shadows, or grimoires, or whatever you, you want to call them, your, your magical text. But before we get into that, we need to address the elephant on the website, Cars. <laughs> have you fixed that yet? Oh yeah, on the website. Car's name, right yeah. name has changed on the <laughs> website very slightly, and he is now going to explain why. So originally I had it as Car on Dogda because I did a Google search for Friend of the Dogda. Uh-huh. You did a Google Translate. I did a Google Translate into Gaelic. Apparently Google Translate's not great. <laughs> it, led you, it led you astray. So I was calling myself Automobile of the Dogda. Uh, in this case, the female pejorative right. of an automobile of the Dogda. The lady car. Dogda. That sounds wrong. I'm just saying, that just sounds wrong. So what it should have been was Kara Na Dogda. Right. And so I've now changed it on the website. Uh, everybody's still going to call me Kara because I much prefer that than Kara. <laughs> Fair, Don't I know guess. why, just feels, feels it's because more in like English, me. It's because in English, an A at the end of the word is generally indicates a feminine word. I don't know if that's why or if it's, I don't know. Maybe. No? Yeah. Uh, hey, a shout out to the person who let you know right. about the yes. mistake. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who is a Gaelic expert. As, right, yeah. as we have previously stated, <laughs> we're not experts on anything. And so we very much appreciate her assistance. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know I was the female car. The lady car. Right. The lady car. <laughs> the doctor's lady car. <laughs> Which was not the original intention. No, no, not at all. So, so now so it's that's, correct. So that's been corrected on the website. Um, and good God knows I am not going to be letting anybody know what my actual name is because I'm terrified to find out. <laughs> uh, so if you're, if you're curious more about how uh, the naming process works, you can go listen to our, our previous episode monikers and metaphorical spaces where we yes. cover um, names finding finding sacred names and yep. magical names and so on and so forth and, <laughs> where I, and I, sometimes I, you just have to fix it right exactly <laughs> just sometimes roll with it people just roll with it <laughs> good grief so we wanted to get that out of the way at the beginning of the episode at the top of the hour as it were <laughs> thank you for putting it radio terms just for me yeah I, see i try i try so now we're going to get back into what we're actually covering uh, in this episode, which is, and in this series, Building Your Book, which is what it sounds like. We're going to be talking about, for, in this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the historical grimoires um, and Books sort of, of shadow. yeah, sort of, sort of covering the, the basics of what a Book of Shadows is and why you might want one. And then or why you might not want one. Right, exactly. And then um, in the following episodes, we're going to be covering the sort of things you might put in your book in the process of building one and car is going to be building one following as we go. along yeah with this so, process yeah. yeah we still need to get that uh first yes well that's right? kind of the first thing is 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 
buy a book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to put it in. Right. So I've seen multiple ideas of this. Some of it's the leather bound version. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a classic. One, yeah, kind of classic. Right. Or yeah. one of the or one of the wood bound books. Yeah, those one are of pretty the wood bound right books. Now. Right. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I'm probably going to do a three ring binder. Mm, um, that way to you begin can... with, that way I can kind of move stuff around. That makes yeah, sense. that's um, very practical. Uh, until I get it, you know, kind of where I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm probably also going to put it inside of some protective sleeves. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that if I've got it out and I'm using it and I happen to drip candle wax oh, on it yeah, or something it like that, it's not up. ruined. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just, you know. It no, is, just it's clean the wax off, scrape off. Plastic so, and, right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing it a little bit differently, probably than most. But I think it's a good Not place for me to start. Yeah, I think it's and I think it's very practical for your first book of shadows mm-hmm. for, for right. your first because you, you're you know you're still very much in the learning process. Like right. I'm I'm basically my book right now, which I just call the book, is I'm considering it a learning book, but it's basically just like a regular journal, and I I'm basically just considering it like at some point I'm going to destroy it like i'm i'm gonna take whatever is useful out of this learning process transcribe it eventually into a permanent book uh and destroy this one or archive it somewhere i don't consider this like my permanent ongoing right. book mm-hmm. um right. so and your think, way to do it is much more practical i think than mine because i've well, basically sure, made yeah. like a i think that's i think flick. that's true but i'm also going to as i move on in this I'm going to move to a second binder, mm-hmm. and I'll probably take out some of the stuff that I find pertinent or that works. Right. And the stuff that doesn't, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to keep, though, and just kind of store those binders away and write, you know, BOS1, BOS2 right. on the spine of them, just so that I can refer back at a later point. And see what your and process And see what was. my process was right. to get That's, there, yeah. Well, and, and artists do that a lot. They keep a lot of their, sort of their early work. Mm-hmm. So that they can refer back to it further along in their process, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's always kind of a nice ego boost to, to look back at your early stuff and be like, "Wow, I really have improved, haven't I?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Now Definitely. there are those, however, who are not going to be comfortable with doing that themselves. For instance, when I originally started out in Wicca, I wanted a book of shadows that was already pretty much crafted for me, sure. that had all the information I needed at my fingertips, but had then spaces and pages that that I could add in later as I learned my craft. That is a perfectly legitimate way for beginners to begin as well. Sure. It's all in there almost almost like uh you know it it was almost like a textbook of sorts. Right. Or a workbook. Or a workbook that was already put together for me. I suspect there are a few of those out there, although I don't know of any off the top of my head. I know of maybe one off the top of my head. I got at that time, this was years ago, so I got mine actually from uh an auction website. Mm. But you can get these types these styles of books on Etsy. There are multiple book works out there, but this is the only problem with this solution. If you want to get something that's already made for you, you that has everything that it, and they make it look old fashioned Mm -hmm. or however you want, they make it look like a quote unquote, like from charmed, right? So you feel a shadows that you feel feel witchy, you feel fancy. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but it means you're paying more money. Oh, like some of these books can cost upwards of six, $700. Yeah. Conveniently, conveniently, I just want to spend, I just collect to empty journals and then do nothing with them so right. I just have a bunch lying around well back then back in the day I literally I spent almost $300 on my book of shadows back then Oof. it was made by someone it had over 200 pages of information in it it's and a then, tragedy that you don't have that anymore. I know it really is and then an additional I think 150 pages mm-hmm. that had nothing on them and then additional space for me to add to it hence the reason and it was it was a beautiful book right. and it was handcrafted 
and uh, it had all the information I could possibly want to know. That wasn't a Brahms, was it? No, no, no. This was actually an individual who made this that I purchased that, it Back on in the it. eBay days. Back in the eBay <laughs> days, I purchased it, purchased it from a, uh, a witch auction site that was dedicated to witches. Nice. Um, and it was a wonderful piece. It was really a piece of art. Now, as I'm on my journey, you know, that was when I was Wiccan. Um, right, right, and different. there are a lot of there are a lot of sort of Wiccan rules about magic. Well, that... there are there are there's the law of three. There's right. the Wiccan read. There's the charge well, of the goddess. There, and there's a lot of information that can be included in a book of shadows. Right, for exactly. A, a lot of stuff. A lot, there's a lot of stuff that that Wiccans are all going to ascribe right, to. Right. That is, so it's useful to have just like a a pre made. To, to, to have a, a, a more senior Wiccan make sort of a guidebook for you, Yes, and that's really how, kind of how I, I used it, mm-hmm. and it was very helpful to me at that time. Now, um, as, a, as a green witch, mm-hmm. I'm crafting my own grimoire. And it's just, it was just a leather-bound, or is, I'm sitting here holding it, mm-hmm. it's just it's a leather-bound nice. journal that I actually got on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can I find loads of these on Amazon. significantly less money, uh-huh. less, yeah. than, <laughs> less than $25 for uh-huh. this. But it's got beautiful leather embossed cover. It's got a string, so it kind of feels old-fashioned mm-hmm. to me. But also, it, the pages inside are um, the journaling kind, where... Yeah, it's a heavier it's grain, a heavier it's a heavier grain paper, of paper. Yeah, something that you might see in the in the memory books where people put photos yeah. and use that special ink. I have a yeah, pen I that I use specifically I think for this. I think it's probably like an acid-free archival yes. paper. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to think of. Thank you for for saying You're that. Welcome. In it, though, I'm crafting my own notes. I'm putting all the things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. I'm adding dried flowers. I'm making it my own. So I think there's benefits to doing it all the, all now, the ways that we've I'm, previously I'm, discussed just now. I'm curious. Do you think you would have, you would be as comfortable doing that if you hadn't already had a book of shadows that that sort of you knew what went in it? I don't know. Actually, I think probably having that original book of shadows, and this was years ago. This is right. almost 20 years ago. It, it really that helped cement in my mind like what one what looked like went, what, what was it in might it? look like. Now this actually looks quite different from mm-hmm. the book of shadows that I started out with. Right, because I'm not a Wiccan anymore. Right, so a lot of the, the a lot Wiccan, of the information, is a lot of the similar, a lot of that stuff we were talking about, where yeah. a lot of Wiccans are going to have the same sort of baseline yeah. information. Exactly, you don't necessarily have. But anymore. there's things in here that would not be included in in a Wiccan's uh, mm-hmm. book of shadows. Right. So, and mm-hmm. this is not. I, I don't keep my spiritual journey in this book. This is strictly for witchcraft. Right. This is where my spellcraft is kept. This right. is where my correspondence is and my. All, all of the information that I have about my path as a witch are in here, but not there's nothing necessarily journaled in here. Right. right, and I'll be doing the same thing as I'm doing with Vedican Path through the ADF. They require a journaling con- uh, portion of that, and that will not be included in in your book of in your book of shadows. Mm-hmm. Separate book separate. Are you gonna have a Are you gonna put that in a binder too, or you're gonna get more of a traditional journal experience? Do you think? Uh, no, I think that'll be more of a traditional journal experience. As a matter of fact, I already have that one. Oh, okay. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I know. I know right, what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So that's something that I'll follow along in that. Just so everybody knows, though, there is an Internet Book of Shadows. Yes, um, I've That seen you that. can get on sacredtext.com mm-hmm. and download it. It's about nine mag worth what? of spells and yeah, stuff already yeah. done. I just downloaded it. We'll make sure we put a link of that up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the notes. In the notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this episode so that you guys can find it. But I would suggest that if you download this, don't necessarily cut and paste it um, into your Book of Shadows. I would handwrite it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it gives it more intention when you do that. 
I um, yeah my and my my experience has been you know because like I said I'm I'm doing a learning book right now where I where I just and, and a lot of that involves you know reading other texts mm-hmm. and, and sort of you know trying to internalize that information uh, and part of that process for me is writing it down and I don't know something about the process of writing it inscribes it more thoroughly in my memory. That's I think true. it does that as well. I mean anytime you involve more than one sense, yeah. You, you tend to get something more. So reading it and then writing it, mm-hmm. you know, gives you two different things. So it kind of sticks in your brain. Reading it back to yourself is another way to kind of do that. Yep. Additionally, I'd like to point mm-hmm. out that, you know, s- some traditions have specific rules or ways that they want something like this, or they may have their own books of shadow. And as well as their what's in the online book of shadows may not specifically line up with what a person individually believes as a solitary. Right. So in writing it down, you can change it mm-hmm. to fit you what it. you do right, yeah. in your own path. And, 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 uh, for instance, in this Book of Shadows, like they've got uh, a couple of different things for Imbolc, a couple of different things oh. for Beltane. So you could go through of, and sort of see which right, one a couple oh, of different things most for sound. Yeah. Um, they've my got hand fastings in here, both Wiccan and Celtic. Oh, nice. It has various so, people who, who put their yeah, yeah, things in it. That's yeah. what it Various is. contributors. Yes. Multiple, very, contributors. multiple contributors. Yeah. That's very cool. So... It's kind of neat. I did download it. Um, I was going to say, is there like a fee to that? Or? Nope, it's completely free. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's a nice resource. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely put a link to that in the notes. Yes, definitely. And you can also get it on CD-ROM. There is a cost for that. But that well, yeah. comes with everything that's in the neo-pagan section on sacred text. So that oh, gives you that's, lots that's of huge. Yeah, so that's you get a big... all the articles. Yeah, that's a wonderful that. resource like an for anybody archive, to have. Really. Right, yeah. Sacred text is a really great... Besides just the Book of Shadows, it's a really great resource for a whole bunch of different stuff. They have stuff just on being Celtic. They have stuff just on being uh, Norse. So you can kind of go through Mm -hmm. those different areas and look. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to see if they have one. I don't think they have one for Green Witchcraft. That's okay. If it's just... I. You know, Green Witch is my path, but I also do just traditional witchcraft mm-hmm. right. as well. I'm, I'm you're, a, you're very I'm syncretic. A, I'm really eclectic. Eclectic, yeah. Yeah, I'm it's, really it's an eclectic term, witch. Believe, yeah. yeah. So yeah. while Green is kind of more my my specified path in my own in your in your brain space. my own brain space, I'm really truly eclectic because I'll draw I'll draw from all sorts of sources. You'll draw. I'll uh-huh. draw from all sorts of sources. <laughs> That's Southern coming out. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> So anyway, that's a that's a good place I think for people to at least get an idea yeah. of what some of the stuff that would go in there is. But so that's available. Again, we'll link to it. And we're going to be um, as this series moves forward, we're going to be covering a lot of those topics Correct. in more yes. detail yep. in forthcoming exactly. episodes. Yes, yeah, so you can buy the entire. I said CD-ROM. They've actually moved on. Thank goodness they're to flash drive now. Oh, good. Until the twenty first century. <laughs> Since my laptop doesn't have a CD-ROM drive right. in it. Um, that would be a pain in the Rumpelstiltskin, but um, but it's uh, 1,700 books are included in it, about four gigs. It's an incredible stuff. library. Cheesy, crazy. Um, it is $127, but oh, it seems for... like for the amount of stuff you would get, oh, yeah. uh, you know, oh, yeah. and some of it you're going to ditch, but, right, yeah, but you know, um, to, to just have all that. Right. On yep. hand. Yeah. Exactly. There I don't is, think you, you would can... spend so much more money trying to get those in a physical source, mm-hmm. you know, a, a physical book. Right. Oh, you yeah. spend so much yep. more money for yes, that. Yes, exactly. So, so for the, purely for the convenience. Oh, yeah. Right, yes. The convenience of it is certainly Even if you ditched half of well it, it would it. still yeah. be well worth yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, well, we were going to cover some of the historical um, grimoires uh, right. and books of shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we thought we'd start with 
actually something that is not a a, a book of shadows. Uh, we thought we would start with a book with a spectacular name that I am now going to read to you. The Magus, or Celestial Intelligencer, being a complete system of occult philosophy in three books, containing in the ancient and modern practices of the Kabbalistic art, natural and celestial magic, and showing the wonderful effects that may be performed by a knowledge of the celestial influences, the occult properties of metals, herbs, and stones, and the application of active to passive principles exhibiting the sciences of natural magic, alchemy, or hermetic philosophy, also the nature, creation, and fall of man, his natural and supernatural gifts, the magical power inherent in the soul, and with a great variety of rare experiments in natural magic, the constellatory practices, or talismanic magic, the nature of the elements, stars, planets, signs, and the construction and composition of all sorts of magic seals, images, rings, glasses, and the virtues and efficiency of numbers, characters, figures, and good and evil spirits. Magnetism and Kabbalistic or ceremonial magic, in which the secret mysteries of the Kabbalah are explained, the operation of good and evil spirits, all kinds of Kabbalistic figures, tables, seals, and names, and their uses, and the times, bonds, offices, and conjurations of spirits, to which is added. Biography and antiquita, <laughs> antiquia are the lives of the most eminent philosophers, magi, and the whole illustrated with a great variety of curious engravings, magical and Kabbalistic figures, and by by Francis Barrett, FRC, Professor of Chemistry, Natural, and Occult Philosophy, The Kabbalah, London, printed for Lackington Alley, and Co. Temple of the Muses, Finsbury Square, 1801. <laughs> 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 Page and a half long title. All one title. I, would, I just want to be clear here. There's no period anywhere in that. <laughs> That's there's what we a, just, there's, there's a lot a, of commas oh and semicolons. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't have summary pages. Right, back and there was then. no back of the and there no, was no back, back of the book. book of- Cover there, so, the, so the whole explanation of the book apparently had to go in the title. I don't even know if you have to read it after no. doing that. It's like, I, yeah, okay, that I got it all. Co- covers the whole text. In other words, oh my it's gosh. a book of magic. <laughs> various forms. Yeah, various forms of wow. magic. <laughs> yeah, gonna... The scary thing is the book's only 157 pages long, but two pages of its title. <laughs> Oh my word! Uh, so, That's so brilliant. you uh, you may have caught there at the end. This is from 1801, right? Uh, and a lot of the a lot of the historical grimoires are from that era or right. even older. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of them were quote unquote translated, uh, yes. and there's uh, in a lot of cases scholarly debate about whether they were translated or created. Right. In, in the in the sort of Victorian era where occultism became very popular for a while. Yes, yeah. Um, but some of them do have genuinely ancient origins, at least insofar as we've been able to trace them back. Right, yes. As best as we can do. <laughs> as, as, as best as, our limited resources. As best as scholarship has been able to determine right. and we, with our, our questionable setup, have been able to verify. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, an expert, are inexplicably listening right now and hey, can tell us... Hey, already listening. Right, exactly. Unbeknownst to us, so... Let's, Right. Let us know in the comments yet again if you have better information than we do, which is almost guaranteed. <laughs> so one of them is the Book of Rebamelin the Mage, mm-hmm. um, which is his book of sacred magic, supposedly written by Abramelin in anywhere between 1362 when he was born. So he would have been really good at writing at that point. And, he's <laughs> and uh, I don't think they meant quite that. And 1458 when he died. Maybe, um, maybe. I mean, maybe he psychically transcribed it. Right. Exactly. Who knows? Upon birth, anything's possible. Claim to do that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And this is basically so. Bramlin is um, kind of what everything's based on for the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is the sort of font of several. 
magical systems and traditions. Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley was involved in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. He created Thelema, and um, from which I believe wasn't it uh, Anton Lavey was inspired by uh, that as well. Maybe I think so. I don't know off the top of my head. This was actually translated. ceremonial magic is not any of our portes. Well, and to be fair, Anton Lavey didn't do technically ceremonial magic. He created the Church of Satan, which is well, a whole yeah. different discussion. Right. <laughs> he did. To be clear, I think Satanists are fine, both kinds. <laughs> so, um, this was actually uh, quote unquote transcribed or translated right. by uh, S.L. McGregor Mathers, which... Who translated so goddamn many of these books. Right, yeah. Yes, he and did. nobody's sure whether he made them up or... <laughs> right. <laughs> and, well, and, and, and uh, there's been um, some some scholarly dispute over the, the text he used, because frequently he used, like, the least reliable source for right. his translations. Yep. So... Well, in the Book of Abramelin... He only did three of the four, <laughs> so you're missing whatever the fourth one is. Although I believe Thanks, that is available. Thanks, S.L. McGregor Mathers. Um, I do believe it is available, and most of these you can download if you just do an internet search. Yeah, they're, they're free. They're 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 all, they're all way, in the public domain. Yeah, they're all by way out of date. centuries. Um, but that doesn't make them not worth reading. No, no yeah, no, and, and, and if if nothing else, they're sort of an interesting uh, historical curio. Exactly. Um, but you you may even be able to find you know useful information in there for your your modern practice. Right, yep. And I bl- a lot of these can be found on the Sacred Text website. Probably. Um, I think so. That I told you about. Yeah. And then the other place to look is the Gutenberg. Uh, yeah, the Gutenberg. Right. There's yeah. a yep. lot of stuff there as well. Mm-hmm. So those two places are great places to yeah, start for, doing some For that matter, at Gutenberg Project, you can just find all manner of everything that's in public domain. That's right. Right, yeah. Yeah, because they're right. trying to translate absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Google's doing the same thing. So Google Books is actually trying to put a lot of those books that are available in public. Yeah, domain. they have more oh. limited previews. Yeah, and they tend to be scans yeah. rather yeah. than yeah. The Gutenberg text. library is basically um, notepad files. Correct. Yeah, it's, or it's, yeah, you can get a PDF download yeah, most yeah. of the time too. Yeah. And I completely forgot about that. I, I forget. If it, I don't think it was the Gutenberg library, but um, there was a Chicago. Oh, that's right. That's they, right. They had um, a book of spells. I can't remember what it was. It was called a Chicago now. museum. Yep. Yep. And they had an online. They're trying to. They're translating they had, ancient yep, they books, and one of them is a book of spells that they have invited the public to assist in translating. In the translation process, and I completely yeah. forgot that one, but it is fascinating. And mm-hmm. some Wiccans and witches actually have been assisting with the translation of that online. Yeah, and it's it's nobody famous. It's just some no, like it, Italian I random. It, it's written in Old English, which is yeah, what probably. makes it difficult to understand. So people have been kind of trying to figure uh-huh. out what it says. Yeah, there but, is but one it's, section a lot that of I it's, remember. It's just little you know charms and spells yeah, and such like charms and spells. The one section I remember very clearly that apparently has been translated was the conjuring of spirits. That mm-hmm. was that was yeah. actually pretty clear. Yeah, I think that was written. what I think that was what you showed me. Yeah, yeah, it was the conjuring of spirits was was pretty clear in that one. But anyway, so that's another interesting thing. Yeah, and I can't remember what it was, but if we can find it we'll put it I in the I think it was notes. actually called Book of Spells or something, something like or that. spell if, book. If we can find it we'll we'll add it to the notes for this episode. Yes. Yes. Yep. I think it is is it the Book of Magical Charms? Yes. yes. Newberry? Yes, yes, yes that is what it's it. called. Yeah. Yes. So Yep, I have it listed here where all of that's happening uh, on my laptop. So <laughs> I will uh, make sure that you get that yeah, link that and get yeah, it, we'll up there. it up because it's honestly fascinating. I to see and to see people's translations of mm-hmm. it. It's very interesting. Cool. I will make sure that happens. Then it's a good thing I have Google Foo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he do. 
Yeah, Carr is, Carr is very skilled in the ways of Google. Yes, he is. <laughs> he knows its mysteries. And then we have uh, the Lesser Key of Solomon. Yeah, sometimes called the Lamegaton. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's actually where the Goetia comes from. If you're Correct. a lot of, I think a lot of people are more familiar with um, the Goetia. Goetia. But um, the Ars Goetia is only the first of five books which make up what's the the so-called Lesser Key of Solomon. Also known as just the Key of Solomon, I believe. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. So I think people get uh, that And con- sometimes known as the, 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 let's see, Clavicula Solomonis Regis. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. Yeah, because there's no reason why it <laughs> should it, have one easy name. Right. It should be, it should be in Latin as right. much as possible. <laughs> right. And it, but it really is a, like a library of books, the mm-hmm. whole yeah. key of Solomon. It's, it's the Ars Goetia, the Ars Theurgia Goetia, the Ars Paulina, the Ars Almadel, and the Ars Notoria. And each book covers the conjuration of a different class of spirit, right. basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And again, very big Aleister Crowley in that one as well did a lot of that helped translate quite a bit of that yep. as well. Well, and and the Guisha especially um, has been a huge influence on a lot of ceremonial magic in particular, yes. but yeah, but on a lot of magic. traditions. Right, no, it's mm-hmm. because the 72 demons are in that, correct? Yep, yeah. the 72 yeah. demons, I believe, are in the, the Ars Guisha, yes. Yeah. So that was another big one, and then we have the Grand Grimoire, which is a black magic grimoire that dates from eh, either 1421 or 1521, who knows? Centuries. Who cares? <laughs> um, it's also known as the, it's, it's also, only a whole human lifespan. No big deal. <laughs> it's also known as the Red Dragon, which I think is what you had heard it called. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's uh, divided into two different books as well. I believe the same dude. I think it's SL again. <laughs> that dude, man, he, he was did nothing busy. other than translate crap. I think that was his whole job. His whole, his whole gig was yeah. making questionable translations. <laughs> <of others. laughs> was he a monk? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, in popular culture, it's been done a ton. You know, it's the book from the movie Warlock. Yeah. Yes. Julian Yeah, Sanders. the Grand Grimoire is a popular one. Right, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, uh, it sounds fancy. Doesn't it just? The Grand Grimoire. It's uh, uh, in Sleepy Hollow, the TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was once owned by John Dee. Oh. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. So, um, Explain who John Dee is. John Dee was an occultist. Also, mathematician, astrologer, astronomer. Like busy dude. Yeah. And he was an advisor to Queen Elizabeth the first. Because why wouldn't you be? Right. Well, you know, when you're an alchemist Uh who also does divination, Uh you you get to be... You're important. Chances are some monarch or other will take an interest in Right, exactly. And he's from the 1500s. He was born in 1527, died in about 1609, roughly. Um, Nobody's for sure on that. Because um, who keeps records? Right. right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the 1600s. Uh-huh, <laughs> it's, yeah. It was either... The records they kept, we have in many cases just lost. Right, yeah. Or they've been burnt it's, in a fire. Right, or, or it's, it's in somebody's yeah. attic. Yeah. So that Someday was... an archaeologist will uncover it and be bewildered. Yep, that was John Dee. Yeah, and you may be familiar with John Dee as, oh, I'm going to say the illuminator of the Enochian alphabet, um, yes. which we'll be covering a little later on. I think that's probably his biggest. Yeah, probably. He had his, a bunch his, of different his, alphabets. His, yeah, but I think I think the, the Enochian alphabet is sort of his, his most popularly known claim right. to fame. Agreed, yep. Uh, we were going to cover uh, witchcraft today and oh, sort yes. of the Gardnerian Book of Shadows tradition. Right, yep. You want to speak more to that? Gwen, because you Ms. probably have some idea. Well, nothing like putting me on the hot spot there. <laughs> Actually, my family does not know this, but I did not study Gardner when I became, when I first started when you in started Wicca. Wicca. I actually started with Scott Cunningham. 
Ah. And so I, I never Sort of actually, the gentle introductory. Yeah, I was <laughs> never interested in covens uh-huh. or, or joining a coven. And yeah, that Cunningham was primarily, had the, the solitary Wiccan. Yeah, and Cunningham yeah. Was, a, was the solitary Wiccan. He really is the one who kind of introduced that along with uh, Marion Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, which alone was her book. So it sort of pioneered that you yeah. you don't need a coven. Exactly. So I never and and Gardner he created yeah. British traditionalism. Right. And and it was a very coven focused. And it was very coven tradition, focused. Yeah. So I've honestly never read what the man wrote. So I know very little about his book of shadows. Um I we have discussed, I do know that Doreen Valiente Mm-hmm. Uh, she rewrote a lot uh, yeah, of, extensive. of what he put in there. He she created the charge of the goddess, yep, and uh, which is still used by many Wiccans and witches today. Yeah, and the whole thing, at least parts of it. My understanding is is that it was with Gardner's um, permission approval. and yeah. approval. Yeah, like I, my my understanding, the story as I understand it, is that Gardner, you know, wrote the his, his the Gardnerian Book of Shadows um, for his new forest coven or maybe it derived from the new forest coven i don't know but he he wrote this book of shadows and was using it in in his work with his new cut with the new coven he had created and doreen valiente was part of that coven and she read it and i think parts of it were from poetry and there were it was from various sources and she recognized a few of them (laughs) And went to Gerald Gardner and said, hey, I can probably make this better for you. And Gerald Gardner said, well, go for it. Right. And so she she went and rewrote, uh, as I understand it, pretty extensive portions of that Book of Shadows. Uh, and that that sort of fusion of Gardner and Doreen Valiente is, is, is what has yeah. been mm-hmm. sort of propagated and, throughout the world. by And, and mostly online, mm-hmm. um, because... Um, nobody's ever actually printed. No, yeah, the, the Gardnerian, Gardnerian Book of Shadows. Yeah, so not not the full I'm text. Sure the not the original text. coven had it written somewhere. Well, but, they had it. Know. They had the book yeah, that Gardner wrote. Book, yes, but, and that right. Doreen Valiente yeah. rewrote. Yeah. Um, I would assume they're still in possession. Whoever, and, yeah, I would think whoever's, you know, whoever's in charge of that somebody. of that right. tradition, yeah, is is presumably has that book under lock and key somewhere. But large uh, portions, as I understand it, most of of the Gardnerian text has been released originally by Lady Sheba, and I don't know if that was with approval or not. It was not. Yeah, as I didn't a matter think of it fact, was. Uh, she was actually cut off from her coven and mm. uh, published it as the grimoire of Lady Sheba. Yeah. Um, but it is actually it's the, the majority of the Gardnerian. Yeah. And apparently that was all handwritten mm. and in a two-inch binder. Which is significantly smaller than what the full right, the full, Book of Shadows full would text. have been. So, um, again, it's out there somewhere. You can find a version of it on Sacred Text. Yeah, I, I think I think the, um, I know there are other versions out there than Lady mm-hmm. Sheba's. Yep. Um, it was was it the it was a couple who got permission from Doreen Valiente. I think before she, before she died. I think she she's died mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, she passed away. There was there was a couple whose names I can't pull out of my brain right now who were was it the Farrars? Yes. Yes. I think yep. it was the Farrars. Yep. I think it was um Stuart and Janet Farrar, I believe. That sounds right. Who um who released a more complete text with Doreen Valiente's permission. Right. Um but I, I believe it's still not the complete Gardnerian text. I'm pretty sure the only way to get the complete Gardnerian Book of Shadows is to be in a Gardnerian tradition. Probably, right, most yep. likely. Yeah. And I did want to say that there are some slight variations between a Book of Shadows and a grimoire, at least according to Wikipedia. <laughs> and I think I think that the um, 
terms are used interchangeably for the Pretty most part. Pretty frequently. Now they are. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But um, A Book of Shadows, at least according to what Wikipedia says, right. and they do have an image of one of Gerald Gardner's earliest Books of Shadows mm-hmm. on here. It says it is a book containing religious texts and instructions for magical rituals found within the neo-pagan religion of Wicca. What a grimoire is. A French word. A French word. <laughs> grimoire. It's just fun to say. It's a textbook of magic, typically including instructions on how to create magical objects like talismans and amulets, how to perform magical spells, charms, and divinations, and how to summon or invoke supernatural entities such as angels, spirits, and demons. So that's it. Like I said, it's six on one, half dozen on the other, you know. Well, and Put I them all to- into one. I, it depends on your definition and what you want it to mean right, for you, right. I think. Well, and I, I have a story, the validity of which I cannot confirm, but my understanding is, I, I believe this was a story Doreen Valiente told at some point, or at least that was attributed to her where I read it, that Gerald Gardner originally called his text something else, some some, some mouthful like the Magus. Um <laughs> <laughs> and one of his books, possibly, maybe it was even Witchcraft Today, was being um, advertised in a magazine. And on the opposite page, right. there there was an advertisement for a novel called The Book of Shadows. He was so taken with that turn of phrase that he decided it was what he would call his magical book. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, that's but I think a, it's kind of a charming it's anecdote. It's kind of a charming story, if it's yeah. true. Uh, yeah. and, and I think it, you know, it, it clarifies, you know, true or not, I think it clarifies an important point, which is, it doesn't matter what you call your book. You right. can call it a book of shadows, you can call it a grimoire, you can do what I do and just call it the book. Didn't you say we had a discussion, you said some traditions call it a book of mirrors? Some traditions break their their book structure in half, basically, and they put the textbook sort of material in the book of shadows, mm-hmm. and they put the journaly spiritual stuff in what they call the book of mirrors. Yeah, originally Gardner's thing was to be called High Magic's Aid, mm. and then he saw the novel. Uh-huh. Um, which was written by a guy named Mira Bashir. Even the magazine is called The Cult Observer, The Occult Observer, um, from 1949, mm-hmm. uh, volume one, number three. <laughs> so we can, we can, we can track that magazine down and indeed. see if that novel yeah. is advertised opposite a Gardnerian book. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and Doreen Valiente said that, uh, it was a good name, so we kept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, <laughs> so, it is a good name. Right, yeah, yeah, it really, it makes well, more sense, even, I think. Um, I want to say, even Cunningham had a, a word for his own. It's been such a long time. Um, I think he called it the Standing Stones or Book of Standing Stones. Oh, something like that, yeah. Something you're to correct. do with that. Yeah. Um, so it just really depends on what you want to call it. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It's, there's, there are, it's where you keep your sacred text, there, your sacred there may be stuff. There may be rules in your tradition, and if so, follow them. But if there aren't... It really doesn't matter. Call it whatever you want. Right. Exactly. And then I think we need to cover the Malus <laughs> Maleficarum. Yes. Malus Maleficarum. The Witch's Hammer. Not a grimoire. No. Not a book of shadows. But. Not a nice book. But. Not an evil book. <laughs> I don't believe that evil exists as a yes, concept. Yes, yes, yes. But an int- very, a very interesting historical text, which I think it's valuable yes. maybe to read, just just to have that information. It and was to written. to understand what was written, what would happen to the time. Right. Because let's not get into any hysterics over the burning times, but mm-hmm. 
there was persecution back in the day, especially when Christianity was sort of at its highest and most frenetic point. Mm. And there were individuals, such as the Witchfinder General, who well, wrote Malleus Maleficarum as his textbook for finding and murdering witches. Yeah, so he was a, cl- a Catholic clergyman, Heinrich Kramer. Mm-hmm. His Latinized name was Henricus Istot. Institorius or something. Yeah, Heinrich Institorius. Heinrich Institorius. And it was first published in Germany in 1487, and it endorses the extermination of witches. I mean, Mm -hmm. and the purpose was to make it legal. Right. You know, he, he offered a... A legal and theological reason for yeah, theologically sound and killing people. Right. He basically said, "Listen, the Inquisition is a great idea. Can yeah. we right. revive that?" <laughs> yep. And they, apparently, it, for about two hundred years, it, it was the second bestseller. Yep. Uh, next to the Bible, right? So. <laughs> and it is basically it was through this book and through what he, how he used his legal and theological arguments. It is what made it elevated sorcery to criminal status of heresy uh, within the governments of that time. Right. Yep. And you, you'll notice there's there's sort of an interesting trend in a lot of these older grimoires, um, those that we have talked about and those that we have not, where the uh, the authors. Describe and sometimes the translators, sometimes the authors describe themselves as men of God mm-hmm. who just happen to know magical, magical stuff, stuff right, yeah. and, and which they consider the domain of God, and yep. in which, when in many cases, they believe God said, "Go forth and do." Um, right. And it wasn't until stuff like Melius Maleficarum came out uh, that it became well. Even the Gardnerian Book of Shadows has mm-hmm. scripture in it from the KJV Bible. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And invocations to angels are yep. very common, exactly. and the yeah. psalms are used quite frequently in mm-hmm. various yeah. traditions. Oh yeah, yeah. extensively yeah. And different types of magic. Yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't it wasn't until Heinrich what's his mm-hmm. face, the Witchfinder yeah. General, yeah. decided that he wasn't having none of this nonsense anymore. Mm-hmm. That it really that witchcraft really broke with the Christian Church. Yep, and and obviously some of them tried to bring it back because Gardner was significantly after right. that. Yep, but still included some scripture in it, so it's was, it was interesting. Well, and there are, there are Christ, Christian witches today, and yes, right. there are. I, I imagine there's a lot of cognitive dissonance you have to overcome. Yes, but um, but they do exist. Yeah, that's right, and I don't think it's smart to just ignore their presence. Either. No, yeah, and and there's other. I mean, there's there are reading of the Psalms in a lot of Hoodoo. I understand there's some mm-hmm. syncretism with Voodoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, between I think Catholicism, is a, is yeah, a, I think yeah. so. I believe Santeria. I, in fact, I think it's part of the name. I think Santeria refers to saints. Yeah, so um, there's you know there's a, a combining of of mm-hmm. animistic religion and uh, tradition and gods and goddesses and kind of putting it all together with right. Catholicism yep. yeah. and things like that. I mean, it's well, and Catholicism has a lot of sort of ritualized structures it to it that are very familiar to people who practice witchcraft. Right. Yeah. It does. It absolutely does. There's a lot of imagery, mm-hmm. a lot of prayers that they use. I'm, I'm going to keep harping on this one. Prayer is just spellcraft with less active ingredients. <laughs> right. Yeah. Agreed. We can't take all day talking about this because right, right. we do have other things that we, we need have to cover. We have other topics we're going to cover, yeah. It is an interesting uh, topic, so we just encourage you to do some research into these yeah. ancient yeah, exactly. texts. There yeah. There's loads, a lot of info. And there are loads of grimoires we haven't covered here. We'll we'll maybe include a, some, some others in... Uh, the notes for this episode. That's right. We talked about what a grimoire is. Um, now maybe it's time to g- briefly go over the sort of things you can include in your book. Like I said, we're going to be covering these topics in more details in forthcoming uh, episodes. 
but we just wanted to give you guys a brief overview, especially if you're going to be doing like car is and sort of working through your process along with us. Right. Um, we wanted to give you guys a sense of what you're getting into. And let's say this is for anybody, whether you are a beginning witch, you know, just starting mm-hmm. on your path, or you have been on the path for years and years, but sometimes you want to freshen up your book of Sometimes it's just nice to have a refresher, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And you don't have to be a witch. No. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Since I'm not. Yeah, that's and true. neither are you. Nope. That's so. a good well, point. Well, arguably. Yeah. I'm arguable. How about just I'm pagan. an edge case. Pagan, yes. Pagan. Yeah. <laughs> so, so these are some of the different things that you can do in your book of shadows just to give you a brief overview one is to have the law of your coven and or tradition mm-hmm. so for and me that's going to be some adf stuff for you it's going to be whatever it is i don't know gwen what it my would own be. personal view there right. you go <laughs> uh, wiccans are probably my own use, moral wiccans are probably going to use the threefold law and right mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, the read, all that yep. kind of stuff. And I use actually some of that. Yeah. Some kind of dedication in it, whether you're dedicating yourself or your initiation into, mm-hmm. you know, your coven or your, in my case, there is an initiation ceremony right. into the ADF. So I've done that personally, but I'm going to write it into my Book of Shadows as well. Cool. Um, any gods and goddesses that you would worship or not. Or not. Do worship, right. I just want you, the info. Right. Yep. Correspondences tables, which we've talked about Kind of off and on right. somewhat. We've referred to right different correspondences, correspondences yeah. especially when we've been doing stuff on particular holidays, holidays, or and specific that kind subjects. Of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So any of the sabbats, esbats, and other rituals, you would put all of those any, in there. Any of your regular holidays. Yep. Mm-hmm. Any kind of divination that you have done, mm-hmm. um, whether that goes in this book or you have a separate book for that. Right. Mm-hmm. But you should keep track of. Yeah, for, for keep, keep to, track of your readings so, and your visions. So that you can refer back to them, if nothing mm-hmm. else. Right. Any of the sacred texts out there that you feel are applicable to you that you can download right. offline, you know, you can put into your book as well. Anything you think you need the full text of. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. Any kind of magical recipes yep. that you would need. For yourselves or your teas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Spellcrafting mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. in there. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to add bunch of different ways to organize I, it. I, as a green witch and just as a person, I grow a lot of herbs and flowers. And so I dry a lot of my herbs and flowers oh, yeah, yeah. and add those into my uh, book of shadows once they've been dried or my grimoire rather yeah. into my grimoire and write down what the description are, what they're, you know, what I what would the use them for are. or right. even the spells that I've used them for. Right. So that's another thing you can do too, to yep. personalize it. Yeah, definitely. So those are the basics mm-hmm. of what you can put in. Names. Oh gosh, Yes. So, As we were talking, we were just talking about how you can call your book anything you want. Well, here's a, here are some suggestions. I'm, I'm just going to read maybe half a dozen of these uh-huh. so we don't get too carried away. But a book of sales mm-hmm. would be for people who worship the sea. Book of the dead, obviously. I right. think you can pretty much read that up for spirit <laughs> spirit workers. Uh, a lot of kitten kitchen uh, and, kitten. and cottage. <laughs> a lot of wow. Uh, a lot of kitten witches. Um, call them kitchen. <laughs> Kitchen witches. Wow. Uh, <laughs> call it the kitten annuals. <laughs> Did that one on purpose? Uh, well, kitchen well, I got annuals. the hat in there somewhere. I love that kitten witches. <laughs> That's great. Oh, listen, there's got to be one out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely Probably. is. If you're out there, please tell us. Um, and send ur- us pictures. Urban archives for people like us who yeah, don't live really in live in the yeah. country. We live in a city, and so... Um, something that's a little bit more yeah. in, in what you're actually dealing yeah. with. Yeah, there's listen, there are still spirits in the cities. That's right. right. Um, some other stuff that you can throw in there, press flowers yep. Yep. and leaves, star charts. 
Yep. Would oh, be yeah. another good thing. Yeah, especially if you're into astrology. Yeah, oh, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a calendar? Just yeah, so you know just... what the, di- you know, because it's really easy in our day and age mm-hmm. to miss what were important to people of an older age. It's really important for me to miss what's important to me now. <laughs> I, will, I can't tell you how much trouble I have keep doing, keeping track of what dang day it is. I will tell you that if you have Google Calendar. Oh, God, I rely so heavily on Google Calendar. That there is an app, or not an app, a, an actual calendar out there called... I'm going to find it's it on his phone somewhere. It's on my phone, yeah. yeah he's, so he's got to look it. through his list of apps. That that actually pulls all of the pagan holidays. Oh, mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah, so it just automatically imports and them. Just, yeah, automatically imports them. That's nice. And so, like, if, for instance, today, today I know is the end of the Rowan Celtic Tree Month oh. because it tells me that on my right. phone. And so I then know that today tomorrow... Today being the day we're recording, February right, yes, 17th. Right, yep. <laughs> and I know tomorrow is the start of the Ash Celtic Tree Month. Mm-hmm. I have nice. all of that shows up on my phone. It's not just Celtic. It's right. Kind of you can everything. import it. Yeah, of, exactly. Yeah. You so. know, another thing that you can do that um, I'm actually planning to do with my own grimoire is I have Llewellyn's calendar. Yeah, which, yep. the witch's calendar, which I love. Yeah, it's up on the. It's up on the wall, wall in the kitchen. And uh, but at the end of the year, when I'm ready to go from 2018 ah. to 2019, each month they have some really helpful uh, either a ritual or a spell or mm-hmm. something that's on. Included in that calendar, it's got you know just a, some a lot of helpful information. In it so I'm just planning to cut some of that out and yeah, paste why not? it right into my. It's yeah. not like you can reuse my, a calendar. Uh, you might as well exactly. Right. Why yeah. not recycle it? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So yeah, any of that kind of stuff. If you do any kind of astral projection, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, you mm-hmm. would want to kind of keep that information yep. in there. Personal rituals, dream journaling, that kind of stuff can either go in there or a separate journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, I have a separate book for my my meditations. Yep. Um, something else you might consider including is if you do artwork, devotional or otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might be worth putting it in your in your book. Absolutely. And that's that's drawing, that can be poems, that can Collages, be song lyrics, it yeah. can be, you know, a myriad of different whatever things. Whatever speaks so, to you. Right, whatever that your, art your creative is. work. Right. In many cases can double as as spell work. So exactly. might as well include it. Yep. Also one way that you can kind of hide some of what you're doing is to use a magical alphabet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, we talked about that. If you can get familiar ways, with one, right. write in code. I use the Theban, yep. which is uh, typically known as the Witch's Alphabet. Mm-hmm. And it is a corresponding alphabet, which not all of them No, are. not all of them are perfectly right. Some people use runes, um, but um, I like to use the, uh, you know, the, the, Theban the Theban. Because it does correspond specifically with each letter of the, right. the English alphabet. You can also download the Theban font. Yes! So there's a font for that. Yeah! Um, that's free, so we'll again include uh-huh, a link we'll to the We'll include that font. In, the, in the notes. Actually, I found a place that has five or six different languages Ooh, nice. um, uh, that are magical languages. Yep, that are all packaged together in a zip. And right. so we'll include the link to that as mm-hmm. well. I have downloaded them. They're all tested. There's no malware or anything right. in them. So they work. <laughs> they all work. Yep, that is correct. Again, Norse runes for you. Right, um, yeah. And there are, there are a few um, runic alphabets you could use. There's the Elder Futhark and the Younger Futhark and the Anglo-Saxon Futhork, and there's, you know, the Long Staff Danish and the Sword Staff Danish, and there are a bunch of them. But the Elder Futhark, at least, and I think the Younger Futhark, they don't, cor- although they're usually written next to letters, they don't actually correspond to letters, they correspond to sounds in Old Norse. Mm-hmm. 
And so they're missing some sounds that we have in English, and the younger Futhark actually ex- expands that alphabet specifically because they were missing some sounds they had in Old Norse. So it's us- it's it's difficult to transcribe things completely in runes if you try it. First of all, acknowledge that you're not writing the way that your ancestors did, and that you never will be able to, because in many cases your ancestors just didn't write anything. It was they were an oral tradition. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. So don't don't get hung up on that. The other mm, sort of advice I would give you is write phonetically. If you come across a phonetic sound that we don't have in the Futhark, but we have in English, like ch, then you can use um, sort of the the closest correspondence, which in this case would be probably gebo, which usually corresponds to x. So ch. So um, you would use um, gebo to stand in for a chif sound in like child. And then double letters won't have two runes because they're pronounced phonetically as one letter. So you're going to, your, your runic, um, your especially Elder Futhark rune transcriptions are going to be much shorter. They don't have any punctuation, so don't even bother trying to include that. Our historical precedent for written Elder Futhark is mostly short words or or like magical inscriptions or riddles. It's not really used to write like long extended paragraphs. Right. Mm-hmm. So don't get too hung up on the details there. And I wouldn't try to maybe write your whole book in it, but you could certainly write um like relevant um key information in right. even I don't use Stephen for my entire book. Most of my my grimoire is written in English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do have, you know, certain like I have a um, a, a spell of protection over it. Where and I've used Theban in some of the what I did for that, right? Um, you know, if I've seen you, I've seen you use um, Theban characters when you do candle spells mm-hmm, and things like I that. I do that. And if you're concerned about the security of your book, you know, you can get a a journal or a book that has a lock, right? Um, you, you can hide it. You can hide it. You can <laughs> right. put it in a, a lock box. You can put a spell on it so that Gwyn's, people just Gwyn's Gwyn's don't put like it. a like a fucking notice me not spell or something on hers, <laughs> and I keep forgetting that it like exists. where that it exists and where it is, and so periodically she's like, "Hey, go get my book for me," and I'm like, "Um, where is it? <laughs> I forgot again." Um, the other thing you can do is use Ogum. Same thing with runes. They're not going to match up mm-hmm. exactly to a quote unquote what we think of as an alphabet. As an alphabet, yeah. You know, if you're going to use that, again, very short things. Mm-hmm. And we'll link to where you can find what those mean, both the Elder Futhark and the Ogum. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll probably link to the Younger Futhark as well and some of the other runic alphabets. I, okay. I, I sort of default to the Elder Futhark because I think it's the sort of simplest and most elegant. But like I said, it's missing a lot of sounds. So if you want to use a Futhark for... For transcription purposes, the elder Futhark is probably not practical for you. The younger Futhark might might be better, or even one of the the long staffs. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing would be celestial languages. Mm-hmm. Right, like Enochian. Enochian, like John yeah. Dee's yeah. um, received language. Right. Yes. Yep. yep. Uh, which which he he received this, as I understand it, with the assistance of an, Edward and Kelly. Jelly. Yeah, Edward Kelly. Yeah. Um, John was the Dee and he Edward worked, Kelly he worked in the late sixteenth century. Kelly was a spirit medium, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he worked with Dee in his magical investigations. And, and so these were "quote unquote" angelic alphabets that they received, um, and that John Dee transcribed. Right, which I believe he says he received from the angel Metatron, who was supposed to be the voice of God. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, Catholic tradition. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, in the angelic hierarchies, as mm-hmm. they are currently known. Right. Or you can watch. Uh, 
What was that Kevin Dogma. Smith? Dogma. Dogma. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which I feel like we need to watch tonight. Uh, just because we're talking about all of this. But I, I think the only other topic we had we had considered discussing, uh, at least during this episode, is um, sigildry. Um, yes, yeah. The process of, of writing sig- sigils. Which I do because I use runes very sparingly for personal devotional reasons. I I believe in using runes only under specific circumstances. So for my more sort of general magical purposes, I use sigils, which are, um, I mean, there are various ways to compose them, but the way I compose them is that I write my statement of intent in English uh, and then remove any duplicated letters. If it's a very long statement, I'll also remove any vowels. Um, You take the remaining letters and you break them into their component parts. So an a is two diagonals and a short um, horizontal line, and an L is a long vertical line and a short horizontal line, and so on and so forth. And then once you have all those component parts, you combine them into a single symbol called a sigil, which stands in as your sort of representative symbol for that statement of intent. Mm-hmm. And then you can inscribe it someplace, and it's it becomes a sort of magical key for that spell that that your statement is referring to right and there are different schools of thought on what the purpose of sigils is some people believe that once you've looked at it and memorized it you should like banish it from your conscious thought and it should be something only your subconscious works on i believe that every time you look at it you invested in uh more energy in it and so it becomes more powerful so that's sort of variable opinions on that. But you could use sigil, sigildry and sigils in your book if there is information you want to keep very, very secret because I guarantee you nobody is going to be able to right. understand your sigil but you. No one is going to look at the, at whatever symbol you create and be able to be like, ah, yes, I see. I can determine from this what letters were used and right. then determine from that what letters were removed <laughs> uh, to create... To, to, to backtrace the original statement. Information that you want to keep very, very secret, but that you want to make sure you remember, you can create a sigil for, inscribe that sigil in your book, get rid of the original, like, processing right. information, and then as long as you remember what that sigil stands in for, that information you'll be able to pull back to the front of your brain by looking at that sigil, and no one else will ever know what it says. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to go back and just uh, clarify information on... Um, the Enochian alphabet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, it just says that he communicated, John D. and um, Edward Kelly communicated the various angels ah, okay. in the language of God. Right. Okay. So, not necessarily Metatron. But right. <laughs> angels in general. Angels just in angels, general. Various angels. An assortment of angels. Assortment of angels. A flock, you might say. Oh, they have wings, so that would be a flock. Well, supposedly. Right. Uh, d- <laughs> or it could have been a murder of d- angels. Descriptions, a murder. <laughs> of angels. D- d- descriptions of angels vary widely. Personally, That's I'm partial to, to the more monstrous ones with, like, multiple heads and wheels made of fire and full of eyes and... You know, I mean, I think... I'm not surprised by this. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I just, I think if you're gonna believe in angels, you should believe in horrifying Lovecraftian celestial monsters. I I mean, I just don't see why they have to be people with wings. We could be a lot more interesting here. Right. (laughs) Anyway, that's my take on angels. Not that anyone cares. (laughs) On the next episode, which by the way, just in case you guys are wondering why we have more than one a month. Right, (laughs) yeah. Because... 
you know, we've been out for, I think, six weeks, and we've uploaded, this will be episode number five. Five, yeah. Is that you guys are listening so much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you guys. We love you. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, we've been really shocked by uh, by the response and by, by your guys' attention, and we're just thrilled that, that you're listening and that you're, you know, at least hypothetically, useful. that right. you're at least <laughs> hypothetically enjoying it. Leave right. us comments if you are, please. It's kind of hard to judge just from the numbers. <laughs> but because of that, we're going to start doing two a month mm-hmm. um, unless it's a month that has a holiday in it in which case there'll be three in right. that month because we're still going to keep up the holiday yeah the wheel of the year series will continue yep. mm-hmm. um, and, and it will be accompanied by the building your book series right yes <laughs> for the foreseeable future uh, until we're done with that yep uh, and then of course uh, hopefully there are no more like big pagan news catastrophes we need to deal with, right. but if something right. happens, we'll do an episode on that. Yeah. And what is going to be our next topic for the Building Your Book series? Uh, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. So um, we're going to cover three different parts that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. all in one, uh, because they're smaller. So we're going to cover laws and traditions. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover dedication and then gods and goddesses. Yeah. So that's what will be covered the next time. After that, we'll do correspondences. I figured that will take us an That'll entire episode. That will absolutely take us an episode. Then we'll cover sabbats, esbats, and other rituals, which yep. is probably its own episode. Probably, yeah. Um, Even though we're just going to be doing the overviews because we do have the Wheel of the Year right, series, yep. we're, right. we're still going to be covering, especially because we're going to be covering, covering some other rituals that aren't on the wheel, probably. Right, yep. yeah. 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 And so, and then there's multiple of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took a wild stab at how many. And yeah, we, we thought we'd, think, we'd have maybe eight or nine yeah, I episodes think, total. Yeah, right. Of this particular series, um, which seems including, ridiculously Including long. this episode. Um, so we're going to have we're gonna have this episode, which is the overview and sort of the historical basis. We're going to do, like Carr was just saying, a bunch of episodes detailing sort of the... Different the, parts. The, the stuff we covered earlier, sort of the yeah. things you can include in your book, and then we'll probably have a wrap-up where we discuss sort of the results of Carr's book. Right, yeah, because yeah. I, as I'm going to be building this as we go, I should be one step ahead. Mm-hmm. So, But that's why I'm giving you all this information now, is if you're interested in building this as we go, we'll talk about what's supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and do those three things yeah. in so my book cover, ahead of time. Yeah. And you can as well, and then we can all learn what we did wrong uh-huh. and fix it. <laughs> right, wrong, you know. But uh, and also, if you are following along with us, send us a picture. Oh of God, your book. yeah, we'd yeah. love we'd love to see your guys' books. If you have physical books, you if don't you have, have physical to. books. Right. You, you don't can have and, to. and and like I, I live at my computer. I understand if you just want yours to be a Private. series of notepad files yep. in a folder. No problem. Um, but but if you do have, you know, a physical book or if you're like if you want to send us a screenshot of your notepad collection. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, Anything we'd love like to we with the with, you know, see the titles. We'd we'd love to see that kind of stuff. That would be really interesting. So uh hit us up in the comments or send us an email or call us on our our on, on uh, our phone number, yeah. yeah. You can do all of those things. You can also just email weird family of three that happens to talk about paganism at threepagansandacat.com yeah, and, and it'll, it'll get come to, to me. <laughs> anyway, so. reach out to us is what we're saying. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. Um, and then we will again put make sure we put the phone number, our email addresses, mm-hmm. all of yep. that kind of stuff on the notes for this. That'll kind of become the end of the notes yeah. for all uh, future notes and actually past notes. So you can go Right, I can that. go back and edit those in, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. I think we are really, really, really going to try to make it for just Saturday. To convocation. To convocation. Um, it's a, a week away. Yeah, yeah, it's really close. So um, I believe it's actually next Saturday. Yeah, I think so. The 20... The 20-something. <laughs> seven days from now, it's the 17th. Right, I think it's the 24th. Three days would be the 20th. 24. Yeah, 24. There you go. Should be the 24th. It is indeed the 24th. Aren't we so. sad? We just don't know what the heck we're doing. <laughs> Math is hard. Um, yes, yeah. it is. And so are <laughs> calendars. Yes. So the 24th of um, this month is February. Yep. We're in 2018. So if you're listening to this later, ignore this right. part we of it. We can't help but, you. Yeah, we can't help um, you. We can't guarantee we'll be, be convocation, convocation in... 2019. Yeah. But. Uh, oh, yeah, it's in yeah. the, the, Detroit it's in area. the Detroit area. If you want to know more, you can just go to convocation.org, and it will get you there, or we will also put it into the notes Yep. so that you can just click on the link. If you want to go for the entire four days, you can get a hotel room, although there's no special on them anymore because it's too close, Right. and it's ridiculously hopefully, expensive. Hopefully, if you're planning to go for all four days of convocation, you have already set right, this up. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I, I do wish we could go for all four days, because it looks yeah, like it's maybe going next to be year. wonderful, so yeah, hopefully yeah. next year. What I'm trying to say is, though, it would be worth your time and effort yeah. to get there, right. because it's going to be fabulous. Yep. The other thing I wanted to bring up is... Uh, Gwen now has her own page on 3pagantennacat.com that you can click on, and it just says services. And if you click on where it's services, it's got uh, information on how to get in touch with you for spiritual readings and that kind of stuff. So they can do that Mm -hmm. right there on the website. Translating that, you can get in touch with Gwen. (laughs) Right, yeah. Right there, on the website. On the the website, For for readings and such like. Right, yep. Your email address is right there, so they can just click on it. Yep, uh, you can contact me and we can uh, sort things out. Yep, whether it's by email or by phone phone or by Skype or Mm -hmm. by whatever. Uh, If you're local in our area, by that too, (laughs) so... You know, if you happen to be, you know, anywhere. If you happen to be in Detroit I do, I for do convocation. readings. Right. Um, so it would be, you know, um, I can't guarantee communicating with ancestors or, or loved ones. But, you know, spirit guides and whatever um, spirit is choosing to want to communicate with you that day. She's got, frankly, an uncanny hit rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would, I would be happy to assist anybody who needs um, a spiritual reading. Yep. So all of that information is on the website, as well as pricing for that, because it takes a lot out of her to do it. Yeah. So, and if we're once we have confirmed that we'll be at convocation, we'll have uh, a post up on Twitter, probably. Yep. Yep. Saying we'll that we're going to be there, yep. and we'll put it on our calendar. Do right. Oh yeah, yeah it'll be on the calendar, calendar online. On yep. And so if you see us at convocation, we'll be wearing note tag, uh, uh, note tags, note tags. <laughs> name, tags, name tags, probably. I'm gonna try to figure out how to do a note tag. Now. A note tag. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so if you see us at Convocation, come say hi. Yep. It'll love just to meet say Car, Gwen, and, and Ode, Ode mm-hmm. on the name tags. Yep. Um, so find us. Maybe I'll actually put my full one on there spelled correctly. <laughs> <laughs> just in case the person who talked to me is, right, is there. Right, is, is, is present. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all very much again. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.